Chad Prather rose to internet fandom as the man who's unapologetically Southern. Heath Oaks is a published author who failed his way to success. Together, they tackle today's headlines in a way only a Southern Spitfire and a millennial mogul can. Take off your sport coat, grab a beer, and enjoy the conversation. This is Second Shot with Chad Prather and Heath Oaks. Hey, 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 everybody. What is up? This is Chad Prather along with my partner, Heath Oaks. This is another episode of Second Shot. What's going on, Heath? What's going on? We got producer Zach and Kristen in the house today. How are y'all? Doing good. How are you? Yeah, we got we got Chad swinging in here hot. <laughs> Man, you like a you know trying to get a little bit of Chad Prather time is hard. Sounds a little funny to say, but you know what? It is bleak, it is rainy, it is dreary outside, but we are just a room full of sunshine in this <laughs> studio right now today. It's true. I feel good. Oh yeah. I feel good and it's it's not even chemically induced. That's <laughs> really good then. That's, That's hard to do, especially for me. Well, and I guess it'd also be good to throw out, you know, thinking of you, all of our people down in San Antonio, Austin area. It was a rough night last night with some storms and yeah. Oh, yeah. had some really, really, yeah, about um, oh yeah, it was, it was a big deal. So well, I thinking kept, of you guys. You know, we live, Heath is a Dallas guy. I'm a Fort Worth guy. I'm just south of Fort Worth in a little town called Burleson, Texas. And we kept waiting on the big storms to hit. We got a little rain, but it was never what they were predicting. Oh yeah. And uh, was they, it, nothing? it was some heavy stuff in different parts of the state. Well, they got it hit pretty hard in San Antonio and Austin. I mean, yeah. they got it. They got it. There was several thousand homes without power, and yeah, that sucks. I'm wearing dirty jeans, boots, <laughs> dirty boots. Um, I think the T-shirt is dirty. I won't even comment on my underwear. <laughs> That's what that smell was. He <laughs> is wearing. I the, I the suit. He's wearing a three-piece suit with a tie. It's a black suit uh, with little white pin dots on it it's not polka it's dots very subtle little pin yeah, dots very evenly subtle. spaced yeah it's 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 classic I actually got cufflinks on i like cufflinks i love cufflinks i don't um, i love them it's the closest you can get to a tuxedo without being a tuxedo I well true. i gotta deal not well, i gotta be <laughs> black tied and yeah. i don't like tuxedos so yeah i go with the, with I, the with i'm the gonna grill suit. steak at the house so. <laughs> I hope they have something good to eat there. You are they will. That's good. a good place. The Fort good. Worth Club in, in Fort Worth, Texas is they always have phenomenal food there. Good. So the event you're going to is gonna be a, a big time blowout. What's going on in the news? You know, here was probably one of my favorite stories so far, without a doubt. In McKinney, Texas, an officer Brenson checked on a man that was walking down the shoulder of uh seventy five. Come to find out this guy walks two and a half hours to work five days a week from McKinney to Plano to go to work at Brahms in McKinney, um, five days a week. And so the officer Branson gave him a ride up to work, and um, he's, the, the officer went on to say that I think meeting him was the highlight of my day. And he mm. said, Officer Branson said, my kids will know about Patrick, my grandkids will know about Patrick, and everyone should know about Patrick. It's quite an impact that guy made, walking two and a half hours one way to go to work. That's impressive. That is impressive. Most of us complain when we have to drive, when we get in the car in an air-conditioned or heated climate-controlled vehicle in a smooth ride and we have to sit in traffic on the way to work. Most of us, we gripe and complain and cuss a little. Well, you know what? I, I, I thought about it more than anything is how many times that people sit around and will say, oh, there's no jobs for me or there's I can't get a job because I don't have this, I don't have that, I don't have a car. And this guy didn't take any of that into consideration. Right. I mean, you, you're talking about McKinney to Plano. I mean, he, he probably almost takes that long sometimes with traffic. Right. And so this guy's walking, not even having a bike, nothing, 
but five days a week to go work at Brahms, where a lot of people, when the recession happened, that had their really high-paying jobs and wouldn't even humble themselves enough to take a job to get a job long enough to let things come back out, where this guy is, you know, there's probably a Brahms pretty close to where he lives, I would assume, too. <laughs> right. But, but whatever he chose job, his Brahms. But he got a job, <laughs> yeah. and this guy said, I'm not letting it. It's not, I'm not losing it. You know, one of the things, and this is what speaks to me about that story, among, a, there's a lot of things, but what is amazing to me is the lack of faithfulness people have towards jobs, career, ambition. If things don't come easy to you, you quit. Yep. And they say that in this modern age of social media and so much information coming to us, they say that by the age of 35, most people have changed careers seven times. Wow. And, and that's almost hard to believe, but statistically they show that people change careers seven times. Here's a guy who is so committed to his job, he's going to do whatever it takes to get to it. Most of us are looking for opportunities to quit our job. How many times have you run into people? Yep. You've seen it. Yep. You, you've worked, and I've worked, 100% sales commission jobs. We're always looking for the next best thing. Where can we jump off? What will make our life easier? Not how can I do this job better, yep. but who can come employ me that will make me more fulfilled because of what I do? Hmm. Well, and just the lack of not paying too much attention to it and going, I'm going to go make a living. Yeah. I don't care how it happens or what it does. Do you think that this Patrick guy says that I want to work at Brahms for the rest of my life? Probably not. But yeah. you know what? He's obviously down on his luck, and he found a job, and he said nothing's going to stop me from continuing to get this job and work for whatever I have to. I don't know Patrick's story, but I can tell you this. If Patrick walked into my office, <laughs> I would hire him so yeah. fast, it's yeah. not funny because yeah. I'm a firm believer that I always tell people when I'm interviewing – um, I like to ask a lot of different questions because I like to try to figure out people's mindsets. Right. Because here's what I always say. I can teach people insurance. I can teach people sales. I can't teach hunger. Right. I can't teach the drive that you will do whatever it takes to accomplish the task ahead of you. Yeah. And, you know, that type of thing, you know how many salespeople I've had that I've had come in that I had one of my best sales. You know, I never judge people at all. And I believe that all the things that I can't change in somebody – um, are, are the, the things that, that um, I can change and help with are the things they need that they maybe don't know insurance yeah. or any of that. But I had a guy interviewing a Nirvana T-shirt with spiked up hair and walked in, <laughs> and most people would have turned him out, but that guy had been selling um, oil change cards door-to-door for a year and a half while he's a full-time college student. <laughs> you know how I many people I've taken to Goodwill and gotten a shirt and some yeah. slacks and stuff? Because I'm going to tell you something. I can clean you up, I can dress you up, but yeah. I can't teach you the fire to do something more with your life, and you'll do whatever it takes to. And this guy's well on track. Patrick, if you're here and get a hold of me, if I find your info, I'll have you selling insurance in no time. Yeah, mm. Patrick, go to work for uh, Heath well, Oaks. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm telling you, we'll send this. And I'm to dead him. serious. I can promise I you, I'd hire him in a heartbeat. Yeah. Heath seems like the best employer. Yeah, I know. If, really, if I want to interview that. for someone, I want to interview for Heath. Well, here's <laughs> the thing that makes Heath successful, among a lot of things. But here's a key. Heath does not accept failure, first of all, in himself. He doesn't expect it or ex- or accept it in his in the people that work for him. And, you know, I've always said that if you can sell, salespeople drive the world. Yep. If you can sell, it is the one job, it's the one career in this world where there are no limits. 100%. You, your salary is up to you. Your ability to go out there, what motivates you, what inspires you. But yet I've known people, when I was sales training uh, for a Fortune 300 company, I can't tell you how many people that were in sales lost their job because on a corporate computer they were on monster.com looking for another sales job rather than 
taking the opportunity they had in front of them, they were too busy going to something that was going to make it easier for yep. them. Sales is not easy. Mm-hmm. Sales is not easy. Walking two and a half hours to work is not easy. It's not easy. I'll tell you what, man. The world, we expect things to come to us too easily these days. And I'm telling you something. Hard times create the harvest. I always say the greater the struggle means you got the greater reward coming. Right. The bigger struggle you go through, it's only setting you up for something pretty massive. Yeah. And and what I always what I always think about is like in insurance sales, right? If we're interviewing a lot of people, I like interviewing people with no insurance background because the funny thing is, is the majority, the bigger success stories we have are people with no insurance experience because they've hopped from insurance job to insurance job because they haven't made it. Where I like taking people that have no experience in sales and everything in general, that they are just more so their mindset is, I want to change my life. My life, I, I, I'm, I'm done with the mundane. I'm done with the eight to five. I'm done with the getting paid $8 an hour. And I want to make a difference. And I'll give you a shot. I don't care what you look like, where you come from, what your background is. If you'll go to work, you'll have somebody there helping push you because I can teach you all the other aspects. And you know what? I hope everybody can look at their sales. And when you go to complain over the next day or two that you think about Patrick, that how many of you would be willing to walk two and a half hours to work to make a living? And you're not talking about him making a living. Probably he ain't making $200,000 a year, which is a little bit easier to walk two and a half hours. So, Patrick, kudos to you. You inspire me, buddy. Keep it up. Well, from a guy that's walking to work to some people that are walking away from work, we're going to talk about that when we come back to the second segment. Stay tuned for Heath Oaks, Chad Prather. Thank you for listening to Second Shot. We'll be right back. He likes cowboy hats and boots. And he's a suit and tie kind of guy. Chad Prather and Heath Oaks host more of Second Shot coming up on RNCN. So if you're looking for a nice, quick, easy, inspiring read, go to Amazon.com and pick up a copy of Ignorance on Fire, A Journey of Failing Your Way to Success, written by none other than myself, Heath Oaks. It's a nice, fun 150 pages. You can read it in a couple hours, kind of tell you a journey that, that where I failed a lot and give you some tips of things that I thought that helped me along the way. So Ignorance on Fire, A Journey of Failing Your Way to Success at Amazon.com. And look me up at uh, Ignorance on Fire on Facebook, Instagram at Heath Oaks on Twitter, and uh, go pick up a copy and write a review only if you like it. Ready, aim, fire. Second Shot is back for another round on the Real News Communications Network. The second segment of Second Shot. That is a mouthful. Heath. I don't know if people have figured it out by now, but they've listened to some episodes, and they ought to be figuring this thing out at this point, because about 5,000 people so far have listened to episodes, and uh, that's not a bad number of folks. Listen, no, we need to it. watch what we say, but if they haven't figured it out yet, we like to take some of the obscure headlines that are out there and kind of give a little bit business life relationship application from them. And we talked about Patrick, who was walking to work. Now, there's some folks walking away from work um, intentionally. Yeah, and understand what we do is we take headlines and we want to make it relate to our lives or in business. We are not talking about the headlines as far as the the, the it, actual it, story. The, the actual story. Yeah. Okay, so let, let's all make that clear. But yeah, we we got Patrick who's walking two and a half hours to work every day. Um, then we have this week, obviously a big deal, and the news headlines all across is um, a day without immigrants, where a bunch of immigrants that walked out of work. Um, all across the country, not just North Texas, but but all across the country. So um, <laughs> the day of boycotts was in response to President Donald Trump's immigration enforcement. It's meant to show how crucial the immigrants are to um, the economy. And obviously, the story goes really deep, 
really far and uh, really wide. But out of all the story headlines around this national day of walking out, what, what did you take from it? Well, you know, you and I tend to come at things from different angles sometimes. I, one of the things I took from it is from the employer's perspective, the person that gave them the job. Because some of these folks lost their job over it. Either the employer was not aware of what was going on, or they looked at it and said, you know what, if your job doesn't matter to you, if you're going to take here's, – here's a big issue going on in your personal life, something yep. you feel passionate about, but now you're making your job suffer because of it, because now there's nobody here. There's an employer, someone who was willing and able and gracious enough. Who's got a lot give, of bills to pay. Who sure. gave you a job. Yeah. And now you just said, hey, look, uh, I, I'm going to go out here and prove something and make a statement about what's going on with me personal. And to hell with my boss. I don't care what you've sacrificed to give me. Uh, I'm going to leave you high and dry. And what's ironic is, is whenever I sent you that headline, we don't ever tell each other what we think, what we were thinking about right. on the headlines. Mine was, as an employer, you better understand and appreciate your employees all the time because, um, like you said, there's a lot of employers had to close up doors and couldn't operate that day because, right. and I'm not saying that any of these, see, that's the thing is like what you're bringing up. None of these employers did anything to them. They were trying to make a statement against the president. Right. So what they ended up doing is they hurt the people who gave them the jobs, not the president who, you know, he's hurt by that at all, none at all. So that you did hurt them. But then I think about it as an employer standpoint and go, you better always appreciate your people. You better understand your people are the reason you have a business because if they don't show up one day, yeah. your doors are closing up. Well, okay, I'm going to ask you a question. So you've got a lot of folks that work under you, a lot of mm -hmm. folks that you manage and take care of and teach and train, and, and you're responsible for a lot of people. A lot of people are responsible mm -hmm. back to you. But let's say uh, one of your top guys just says, you know, the next couple of days, I'm, not, I'm just not going to do it. It's not going to hit it. And you say, well, what's the problem? What's going on? I had a fight with my wife. I'm just not feeling it. You know, I got some big issues going on at home. I'm not feeling it. In your position, what's your response back to that, that guy or girl? Well, to that exact scenario, I would hope as a leader, if he's having trouble times at home, I'm going to go step in for a couple of days and help him out. Right. Now, if it was, he goes, I'm just not showing up today. Uh, I didn't know about it. Nobody knew about it because he wants to protest the, the president, and we right. lose a lot of business for it. He probably doesn't have a job coming back. <laughs> right. Because it's not my – I'm not the one sitting up there electing and saying you that – You didn't sign that the executive order. I didn't order. sign an executive order. Right. Don't punish me for, for their actions. Now, if I've got a guy or a gal that is having a rough time, my job as a leader is to be able to step in and, and help them through their hard times. Now, if it's an a ongoing issue where it's like every week, then we get to have some problems. you got to yeah. suck it up sometimes. And it is, it's a key quality and a good trait for a leader to be able to see what their folks are going through. 100%. Sometimes, and somebody said this a long, long time ago, and I think I remember who said it, but I'm not going to quote it because I, I'll mess it up and I'll inevitably <laughs> give the credit to the wrong person. But it's that you can, you can, as a leader, get so far out in front of the people you're trying to lead that they actually perceive you as the enemy. Absolutely. And so it's good to kind of stay back with your folks, be in touch with them, and, and be empathetic to what they're going through and, and have knowledge. Now, you were telling us a story, Kristen. Yeah. So it, it's interesting because I think in in this scenario— We can argue both sides. Well, yeah, you can, really can. Sure. And in this scenario, you know, I think a lot of people would jump to the conclusion that, well, the employer's the bad guy for firing— uh, the immigrants, but I actually had a friend, his father is an immigrant, he's a business owner, and he had his own employees walking out on him, you know, as part of the protest, and so thereby 
he ended up firing some of those employees. So that's an immigrant firing other immigrants because because they walked out, he was unable to operate his day to day business and, you know, suffered the consequences of that. So in that, you know, then it's like I, that's where I, I could I could argue both sides. Sure. But because I'm telling you, I mean, I, like I said, well, I guess I can't argue. I was trying to show the side of just you've got to make sure you appreciate your employees. But honestly, as a business owner, if I had them walk out, I'm not going to I'm, I'm they're probably not going to have a job because, like you said, you're not harming the president there. Yeah. You're harming me that has invested my life savings into a business mm-hmm. and trying to maintain it and operate it for customers. And you walk out, you, you've you harmed me that I have done, I'm not the one signing executive yeah. orders. So I think that I believe wholeheartedly there's not many people as hard-headed and stubborn as I am and not many people that will make sure and always stand up and say, I'm not a guy that goes along to get along. So yeah. if I don't agree with something, I always speak my mind, no matter what the consequences can be sometimes. But but I also go back to, I'm also, hopefully, as I've gotten older, I hold some restraint on some of them and realize it's freedom of speech. Right. I love freedom of speech, but I always say there are always consequences to freedom of speech. Yeah. So understand something. You can say and or do whatever you want if you're willing to bear the consequences of potentially losing your job. Right. Or, mm-hmm. or and, and as a leader, you want to sit there and treat your employees like crap and say, you're the, you're the boss, hear me roar. Understand they walk out on you. You better be willing to deal with those consequences of not being able to operate your business. Mm. Well, let's make a couple of practical applications there because from the employee's perspective, I think that you've got to, if you have a boss, I think, one, it's good to try to build a relationship as good as you can yep. with your manager, your mm-hmm. leader, your boss, and, and have an open line of communication to where you can go in and say, hey, this is going on in my life. I'm, I'm having financial difficulties. I'm, I can remember my, uh, I, had a, I had a boss uh, several years ago back when I was going through some really deep depression. And she pulled me, she knew me well enough, she pulled me aside into a conference room and she said, okay, what the hell's going on with you? And I said, I'm so depressed. She said, I can tell, it's all over you. I can see it. Yep. Now, she said, and she, she said, here's my doctor. Go to my doctor. Yep. Do what you got to do. And, and that was, now there was another time this same boss, we sat in a conference room and she said, why can't I get our team motivated? And I said, because you're treating them like employees, not partners. You're not treating them like team members. You're treating them like people who just gather a W-2 at the end of the year, not somebody that contributes to your overall success. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was two different scenarios one where you know she got it right and another one where she was but she was willing at least to open up that line of communication and ask me because she trusted me and said you know what do i need to do so you were able to give her the feedback exactly yeah and i think that one of the keys also is to understand that as an an employee that um always be aware of your consequences yeah and you can have the tough bosses or you can have any of those things but but understand that you have the ability to make your choice on what you want it to be. If, if the other people are not being team players, keep being a team player because if you just want to sit there and huff and puff and be the one going, well, if they're not, I'm not, then yeah. all you're doing is hurting yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like at the <laughs> end of the day, what is your goal is to make your life better? Yeah. And let me tell you, if it is, then do what do the unexpected, okay? Yeah. But I'm going to tell you, a biggest thing that I take from it is stand up for what you believe in. I agree 100%, okay? But use some restraint to thinking about who you're actually hurting in the process of what you're doing and how are you progressing your movement and your mindset forward? Is it really making that better or easier? And understand there are always consequences to your actions or your words, whether we have freedom or speech or not. So um, always want to make sure, and as an employer, appreciate your people. 
Yeah. Freedom of speech. We love it. And I've learned that uh, I can use it in my own house, but sometimes my wife reminds me there are consequences <laughs> I say. And that's true at home. It's true at work and everything else. Hey, let's take a quick break. We're going to come right back for the final segment of Second Shot. Now that's what I call ignorance on fire. More of Second Shot with Chad and Heath still to come. That right there is the sound of my power bill. It went from $300 a month down to $100 a month. I know it sounds too good to be true, but the people that made it happen is a company out of Houston, and they're only available in Texas right now. It's called Energy Ogre. That's energyogre.com, and you use promo code WATCHCHAD. You sign up with them, $10 a month, and they're going to save you 50% to 60% on your power bill, and it only costs you 10 bucks a month if they can't save you money. They won't take your $10. So go to energyogre.com, use promo code WATCHCHAT, sign up today. Kick off your boots or suit up. The choice is yours. Welcome back to Second Shot with Chad and Heath on RNCN. Hey, everybody. This is my final, our final and favorite segment, at least Absolutely. mine. I love it because it's kind of a free-for-all out here and uh, we get to take a little bit of listener email and questions, and secondshotcast at gmail.com is the address if you want to send some in. And uh, Heath, here's we got kind of a lengthy one here from a gentleman named Paul. Kristen, what we got? We it, did. We got, yeah. a, we got an interesting piece of fan mail, and... Uh, it, as Chad mentioned, it was written by Paul. So I think Zach should read it since well, it was. Thanks. Put it in the man voice. Put it in the Paul sure, voice. Exactly. Yeah, let's frame this. Well, a couple <laughs> parts were a little bit more sincere, and we figured, hey, you know, we'll leave those out. We'll keep those to ourselves. But here's just kind of an annotated version of his email. Paul said, Hey, guys, I just started listening to y'all's podcast. I can't wait to hear more. I've been looking for a show or information like what y'all are producing for a while. I'm 35 years old, and I've been a truck driver for 16 years now. I'm constantly looking for something that I can do to start my own business to where I can work for myself from home. And just in these first few episodes, I've heard things that I've heard all my life. But y'all put it in a way that I can understand. This is actually the first time I've ever even listened to a podcast or felt compelled to contact a radio talk show. Sweet. I was moved so greatly by the show that I had to write and express my love for the show. Keep up the great work. Thanks again, Paul. Thanks, Paul. So, Paul, you know, you're the man. Yeah, he is. And you got somebody that has ambition, wants to work for himself and, and be his own boss. What, what advice do you give him? You know what is to continue to listen to podcast or you see in today's world we have it set up way too easy to learn what you want to do you could especially being a truck driver paul's being smart paul if you want to become a welder is that you want to start your own welding shop you can probably google welding topics in podcast or and 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 just business podcasts that will give you all the legal stuff to do and all those things that on the road and all that you have no excuses to continue to while you're working, fill that knowledge. And then yeah. my best advice is just do it. Yeah, I Jump tell, out and go. I tell people, you know, the thing that you think about the most is something that you, you are passionate about. And also your deepest heart desires and God's will for your life are yep. usually synonymous. And sometimes when you pursue those things, I, I know that years ago I wanted to do TV. I wanted to do radio. I wanted to be in front of people communicating. And I thought, well, how do I ever get that? And I just kept pursuing it, kept pursuing it. Kept, it was my passion until one day those doors started opening up. One of the things I always like to tell people in, in, in this type of scenario that either have their ideas or whatnot, understand something, you're never going to be ready, right. okay? 
You, but you will never know what you're fully capable of until you take the leap. Anytime I have anybody that has one foot in and one foot out, I always tell them you will fail. If you try to do something one foot in, one foot out, you'll fail because here's what will happen. An obstacle will come up that will be very challenging and a very difficult thing to overcome. Mm -hmm. When you have a plan B where you can go, well, if this doesn't work, I'm going to do, I'll just go back to my job or I just keep working. Then when the obstacle comes up, you just go, all right, plan B. I always say no plan B. No one foot in, no one foot out, just go for it. You'll, you'll be amazed at what you are able to accomplish when your back is against the wall and you have nowhere to go <laughs> yeah. but forward. So yeah. just do it. Put your back on the wall, no plan B, go for it. Yeah, sort of like when the conquistadors hit Mexico and, and they burn their ships. Yep. So there's no going back. And I always say, I honestly believe that's one of the number one things with doing anything. You better have no backup plan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah desperation a lot of times will lead to success it will pull you it will make you do things that you never thought you were capable of doing yeah i can mm-hmm. promise you hang in there paul keep listening keep learning that's the key so i had a question for you guys uh and i'm sure you've heard this both before. i'm sure you've heard this before you both you're both salesmen right you mm-hmm. both have a background yes. in sales and, and i'm curious a lot of people say sales is a gift you know you, you either have it or you don't is there such thing as a born salesman or can you be taught everything I mean, I know you got to go out and sell yourself, but I mean, I, yeah, what, what am I missing here? I think there are people with born charisma and born personalities, and there's certain, there, there are certain, certain diff, certainly different personality types. Some maybe lend themselves more to a sales profession easier than others, but sure. there mm-hmm. aren't, I, in my opinion, I don't think you're a born salesman. I, you could give me the most charismatic person, the most outgoing, extroverted, type A personality in the world. And I'm telling you, if they're not learning, honing, practicing, sharpening those skills to sell, they're not selling. They're just not going. Because the climate is going to change. The tides are going to turn. What do you think, Heath? I firmly believe that I'm with you on on the aspect of uh, I don't think that there's certain – well, here's what's funny is people will look at me and think, oh, you're just a naturally born salesman. They don't understand it's been 10 years in the work. You see me now. You didn't see me 10 years right. ago. This was not the very confident Heath and everything that it is now. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's people will look at people that when they're really in their zone of, of honing their profession and think they're just born with it because they work their tail off to be yeah. good at it. So I believe that there are people that – are born with more of a, a natural personality that can be a fit. But I 100% believe without a shadow of a doubt, if you work harder than the other person, that you can became, become a salesperson. And here's the thing. Sales is everything. Sales is everything, everything. you do. Every, and, and, and if you believe in something, you can sell it. And I'm I always, mean, just to marry my wife, I had to sell her on the idea. I always say. <laughs> it's everything. Well, I always say, this is, how, this is how you know I'm a good salesperson. You look at my wife. And you look at me, Yeah, that's all you need Bingo, to know, baby. Brother. I can sell like a champ. <laughs> he got so passionate about making that point that he was halfway to the mouth with this bottle of water, and he, and he pulled it away and spilled it in his lap. I well, love it. And here's the thing, too. Is here's, here's, here's the unique thing about sales. I get Because I'm always really looking for good salespeople, and I get a lot of people that will tell me, hey, I've got this person. They'd be really good. They can talk to people really well. Or I love it when I ask a question, why are you going to be in sales? Oh, I like talking to people. Those people I almost mark off my list. Right. Look, Ouch. let me tell you something. It's not about who can talk to people and who cannot. Right. I always ask this. When you get kicked in the face 50 times, <laughs> yeah. do you go back for 51? Can and I'm, I'm, without a doubt, yeah. sales comes back to a mentality that can you handle the beating to get to the yes. And when you're 19 years old 
and you're walking door to door selling yeah. insurance. I got kicked in the face. And what's your times. what's your percentage that you're going to be rejected and you're going to hear no? Most of the time, you get most rejected. of the time you're going to eighty to ninety percent of the time you're going to hear no. If you do not have the hide like a rhinoceros yes. and the thick skin that can handle the rejection, you will stop. I I, I used to have a friend. I, he's still my friend, but he, but he, we were doing <laughs> sales. Uh, friend, you're no longer yeah, a friend. Yeah. Ouch. But I'll tell you what, we used to get sent sales leads, paid good money for sales leads where people had s- sat down and filled it out, mailed it in, and said, we want like you to call us. And he was scared to make the phone call. Yep. The person had requested the phone call. And he still, some of them would write their social security number on the application. <laughs> oh, that's impressive. The sale was done. He, he was afraid to call him on the phone because he was afraid that when they answered the phone, they would reject him. And, and here's the thing is that mentality can be taught. It can be. I always tell people, you, what happened to me was is I found some old Zig Ziglar tapes. I drove all over East Texas getting kicked in and no all day long. Yeah. And if I listened to nothing but Zig Ziglar all day long because you have to have something pick you up. Something's got to fill your cup right. because you're no, we're human. You, it's it sucks getting told and kicked in the face over and over no 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 and and you're the dirtiest sleaze ball your salesman yeah. you you yeah. get told all the worst things so you got to have something pick you up and what I did was I filled my cup with the Ziggler I mean I'm an old school I loved Ziggler mm-hmm. and I had every tape and yes my car back then had a tape player yeah. and had the <laughs> tape in there and listened to nothing but that to help pick me up because I'm human I mean it sucks. Um, was not fun. So understand that those things can be taught. Your mindset can be, but you have to understand it is your mindset. It is the only thing stopping you. It is nothing else. Where can we find you on social media, Heath? Ignorance on Fire on Instagram. Ignorance on Fire um, on Twitter. No, Ed Heath Oaks on Twitter. Ignorance on Fire on Facebook. I'm going to do the social media stuff, guys. And secondshotcastgmail.com. We would love to get some questions from you guys to have next time. Absolutely. Go to watchchad.com. You'll find me all over the place. The links are there. Hey, listen, the headlines are coming at us at the speed of the light in the 21st century, and we're going to be here talking about them. So join us again when we come back with another episode. For Heath Oaks, I'm Chad Prather, and this has been Second Shot.